Good evening. This is a presentation of Movement Radio. Welcome to another edition of The Hauntings of. And now, here are your hosts, Chip Hazard and Talon Williams. <laughs> Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of The Hauntings of right here on Movement Radio. My name is Talon Williams alongside Chip Hazard. And today, ladies and gentlemen, we are going to be bringing you the, the uh, haunted places in the state of Ohio. So, Chip, what can we look forward to in this episode? Well, there are several things that Ohio is known for. First, it's the seventh most populated state in the United States. Second, it has the seventh largest economy in the United States. Third, it is a key state in presidential elections and has a plethora of very well-respected libraries and universities. But that's not what we're here to talk about. Nope. It is also well known for a large number of haunted locations that can be found in the Buckeye State. So without further ado, let's explore some of the most haunted places to visit in the state of Ohio. Absolutely. Um, we're going to jump in real quick. This is the Old Licking County Jail, and this is in Newark, Ohio. Newark, Ohio. I'm sorry. Uh, click on this little thing right here. And we will get started. Mm, I hate it when the computer runs slow. Anyway, so, Newark, Ohio may not be the first place that people want to visit when traveling through the state, but the city does hold tremendous appeal. People taking the time to investigate the area will find that there is more than there is more to this city than they may have initially thought. Newark is home to multiple parks, landmarks, water parks, and there are even locations for enjoying shows and concerts. The uh, Dawes Arbitrarium, I want to say that's how it's pronounced, is one of the most top locations for people to visit in the area, one of the most top locations visited in the area. There is an assortment of walking trails, an observatory tower, and various trees numbered in the hundreds. An even bigger draw to this area is the Old Licking County Jail. People come from near and far to see the old jail in hopes of performing their own paranormal investigation into one of the most haunted places in Ohio. The majority of people never leave without some type of some paranormal experience. Now, here's the history. Around the, around the world, there are certain types of buildings required by all major cities. There is a number of homes, stores, hospitals, and the majority of and of course, some types of uh, some type of jail. In 1889, in Licking County, Ohio, the area's fourth jail, the Old Licking County Jail, was erected. The impressive structure, with the almost castle-like appearance, was the creation of Joseph Warden Yost, a popular architect from the state of Ohio. Yost is well known for Ohio State University's Orton Hall. Yost came up with jail, with a jail boasting a Richardson um, Romanesque style that uh, received incredible praise for its design. In its early days, many people believed that the jail was the sturdiest jail ever built in the state due to the use of uh, Millersburg brownstone. The standstone was actually qu uh, quarried in Millsburg, Ohio and transported to the site of the new jail. So here's your, there's your history lesson. Apparently brownstone is a whole lot thicker than concrete. I never knew this. <clears throat> so anyway. 
All right. Yeah. In keeping with the design, um, in keeping with the design idea of other jails built in the 1980s. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. In the 1800s and the early 1900s, the old Licking County Jail was designed to serve two purposes. The front of the building had three levels. The first two levels served as housing for the sheriff and his family. The first floor contained all of the important rooms such as kitchen, living room, offices, foyers. The second floor was bedrooms and the third floor was living quarters for the jail's matrons. The back portion of the, of the building served as the area in which the prisoners were incarcerated. The jail housed both male and female criminals in this 32 cell on separate floors. In total, the old Licking County Jail had the capacity to hold as many as many as 68 prisoners in the cells that were the, that was the that was the smallest of an eight by eight foot room. Wow, can you imagine being in an eight by eight foot diameter space? Like, holy shit! Uh, I mean. Depending on what the space was for, like eight foot by eight foot would be great for a podcasting area, right? Um, but not if it's but, just you know, not, not a prison, not, not as a living quarter, <laughs> right? Right now, throughout the history of the jail, the number of those incarcerated surpassed the maximum capacity of 68. Female prisoners were moved to another location during the 1970s. As of 1987, the incarceration of prisoners has ceased in the old jail. Since its opening, the front of the old jail remains a housing quarters for multiple sheriffs and their families. It was not until 1970s that things started to change. Instead of the different floors serving as living quarters, they uh, underwent renovations. Upon completion of the front of the jail, had multiple offices and work areas available for all the staff, not just the sheriff. Unfortunately, during some of these changes, a lot of architectural details of the building were removed, damaged, lost, or stolen. As many would suspect, during the decades of the jail, prisoners, you know, countless events, countless tragic events had happened. There were a number of murders, suicides, and other deaths ruled as accidental, quote-unquote, which took place. One of the most tragic events that took place during the jail's history involved Carl Etherington. When Etherington arrived in Newark, Ohio in 1910, he came from he came there for his job as a detective with an anti-saloon league of Ohio. It was his job to locate saloons and speakeasies serving illegal alcohol and raid them. Interesting. During one of those raids, William Howard, a saloon owner, was shot and killed by Etherington. For his safety, Etherington was taken back to jail. Angry, angry over the murder of William Howard, a lynch mob went to the jail. The, they managed to break into the jail, locate Etherington, and then beat him with a hammer. Good lord. There you go. If that wasn't enough retribution, they took him outside and strung him up, hanging him from a telephone pole. It took the actions of Judson Harmon, governor, governor at the time, to restore order. Of the people that uh, participated in the death of Etherington. Um, Etherington, I'm sorry. Fifty-eight were indicted on everything from first-degree murder, rioting, as well as assault and battery. Other tragedies occurred in the sheriff's living quarters, where four different sheriffs suffered from heart attacks. Jesus. Yeah. In nineteen eighty-six, I'm sorry. In nineteen eighty-seven, due to the buildings. Building of a new and more modern jails, the old Licking County uh, jail doors officially doors officially closed. The jail remained empty and unused for many, many years. It has briefly had a purpose once again, 
when uh, the Veterans Service Commission wanted to use the jail. They had num- they had hundreds of boxes with important records and no one no place to store them. The jail seemed the ideal solution to the problem. Interesting in bringing the jail back to its old former glory in 2012, countless volunteers and the records and archives department uh, began cleaning out the jail that has been standing in the same location for well over a century. So just recently they've been trying to bring it back. Now, I say all that to talk to you about the hauntings that are actually taking place inside this place. The violent and tragic history of the old Licking County Jail remains not only in the stories told, but also in the ghostly sightings and the paranormal activity. People come from all over um, for both public and private tours of the of the haunted jail. Oh, shit. I was uh, immediately. Okay, red flag right there, but let's continue. Members of the Ghost Adventures team from the Travel Channel have even visited the old jail to witness for themselves the paranormal activity people claim exists in the jail. <coughs> Many people... Okay, that, but that makes me feel a little better because you have, like, an actual, like, paranormal investigating team. Right. Uh, like, and not just, you know, Billy Bob and, and, and Joe Bob and them... From across the way, yeah. This is this is Zach Brinkins and the fucking Ghost Adventures team. You know these right. guys are legit. Um, which uh, side note, uh, I was what they got Ghost Adventures on uh, Hulu, and, and the first episode I watched was one about Montana. And the first story that they talked about was our good old buddy Turkey Pete. So nice. hashtag free Turkey Pete. Um, but anyway, many people who have come to the old jail to see something haunted, as people claim that they have said that there is an incredible amount of activity at the location. Some have gone as far as to say that it is one of the most haunted places in the entire state of Ohio because of the amount of activity that you can experience. Some of the claims, excuse me, some of the claims made by professional and novice paranormal investigators include seeing ghostly apparitions wandering around the jail. Others have seen, excuse me, mute that. Others have seen shadows and experienced areas that were Initially warm, turning into instant cold spots. Those that have experienced shadows or even what they quantify as black masses state they disappear as quickly as they appear. Other activities that people have experienced include an assortment of noises. There are those that have heard a tapping, loud banging, while others have heard the sounds of feet shuffling and people moaning. Some paranormal investigators have made the claims of hearing people screaming for help in areas of the building where it has been completely blocked off from foot traffic. People, crap, people who have traveled to the Old Licking County Jail, do this real quick. Okay, sorry. People who have traveled to the Old Licking County Jail have experienced physical experiences and physical phenomena as well. People have seen fully charged electronics such as video cameras and phones, completely stop working. Guests have seen uh, chairs fly across the room without any assistance of the living. Doors have opened and slammed shut. In a few unusual encounters, people have felt the sensation of someone tugging on their clothes, but no one is near them when this occurs. Additionally, people have experienced far more frightening encounters with the ghosts that have lived in the old jail. 
They left physically, they left, they have physically felt someone touch them or push them. Again, no one is in the room with them when this happens or even close enough to them to even touch. Of all the rooms in the prison, the area with the most activity appears to be the dungeon. There's a, there's a dungeon in a prison. Okay, this is apparently we're living in medieval times at this point. Well, I mean, you know. Yeah, I know, right? So anyway, those who have been brave enough to venture into that part of the jail call it the most frightening area in the entire building. Others that have been down in the dungeon will leave in a hurry, refusing to continue the tour, while others refuse to never come back inside the jail to begin with. The overall cons- consensus from most people that have entered just the former foyer of the jail said that they have an uneasy feeling and even creepy feeling into inside the jail. Anyone visiting can almost, almost always walk away feeling as though they were touched by a ghost of one of the former inmates or one of the former sheriffs that lived and died on the property. Anyone brave enough to visit the most haunted jail in Ohio needs to be prepared for a wide variety of paranormal activity. Hearing disembodied voices is par for the course. Sometimes people have even heard the sounds of chanting coming from the coming from the cell doors. The, those paranormal investigators who take EVP, that's electronic voice phenomenon recorders, that do not suffer any type of electrical or functional or functional issues might walk away with chilling EVPs. To help ensure that people are able to come and enjoy the jail of Licking County uh, Governmental Provision Society has become uh, involved. They have a team set up to gather old artifacts and historical documents. These items are cataloged and preserved so people for many generations can learn more and enjoy the haunted prison. So in one sense, they're making, I won't say they're making money off of it. I mean, obviously they're, they're providing tours and stuff like that, but they're continuously wanting the next generation to understand about the jail and things of that nature. Um, yeah, yeah, they want them to to know the history yeah. of it and everything. Yeah, like I wasn't that, expecting so. I wasn't expecting this particular one to be as long as it was. Um, <laughs> I mean, we've had some long ones. I mean, to kick off with a long one that kind of is like, oh shit. Um, well, and it was pretty interesting too. Right. Some of them, you know that that we've done in previous episodes. Either that first one is kind of eh, like, and and then we're like, okay, well, you know, we got to build up, right. But uh, this one was, for me, I thought it was pretty interesting. First, the history behind it. Um, then, you know, knowing that the the Ghost Adventures crew has actually been there and, you know, taken EVPs and all that, that makes me feel a little better about them, you know, doing the, the ghost tours and everything right and then for for people to i mean on the tour i mean i mean even and even if you are you know a skeptic or whatever there are people who outright refuse to go into the quote-unquote dungeon and even those who do venture into the dungeon even them they even they have a a very frightening experience whether or not they want to admit it i mean it's one thing to be like nope not gonna do it you know and then it's another thing to actually go down there and be like nah fuck you i'm leaving <laughs> you know um and we went i mean it's, right. it's happened before i mean i've seen people um be scared to walk into a place because they just felt a negative energy you know it, it's it, it's you know 
it, it's it's scary, you know. But yeah, and if you actually look at the the uh, the photograph that's uh, used, it does look like an old like castle almost type building, like an old you know you know rugged castle from like yeah. the medieval times or something, you know. Just, just a yeah, and if any, and if anybody, if any of you guys want to check this picture out and see what we're talking about, Chip, where can they go? Uh, definitely go to hauntedrooms.com and uh, check it out there. You know, click the link for the uh, hauntings of Ohio or uh, haunted rooms, Ohio. I'm sorry, uh, and it's right there, the very first one that pops up. Absolutely, shout out to Haunted Rooms America for uh, providing us with our content today. Um, so you got the next one, Bubble. I do. We're going to talk about Fudge Road Bridge, and this is in Gratis, Ohio. So uh, Fudge Road is a narrow gravel track that winds its way through the most rural part of Preble County. At one point, a steel bridge carries the road across Ackerman Creek. <clears throat> it is said that a young mother threw her unwanted newborn off of the bridge, and in some versions of the tale, the baby was stillborn, and the mother hung herself from the bridge. Oh, shit. Okay, so there are two versions of this tale. So either this this woman chunked her um, unwanted child uh, that she just recently had off the bridge. Uh, if that's the version we're going with, then fuck Right, me. exactly. Uh, but if we're going to go with the other version where the baby was stillborn, which does happen quite often, yeah. um, and then the mother hung herself from the bridge, like, you tragedy. know, that it's, it's a huge tragedy, but also like, you know, she can't, she, she was succumbed to her grief of, you know, her child being stillborn. Right. So whichever version is more accurate the fact remains that today motorists crossing over fudge road bridge can hear an infant crying if they park at the bridge and say the word mama three times i ain't stopping to, to, to do to do that <laughs> i you know i've never been driving across anything uh, driving down any road across any bridge and, and just got the sudden urge to uh, stop and be like, mama, mama, mama. Yeah. Just to see what happens. Right. Ne never, you know, well, I, I've also never had the urge to, you know, look in the mirror and say red rum or anything like right. that. So um, a another tale linked to the creepy bridge states that a mysterious beast lurks in the nearby woods and take shelter under the bridge, growling at passing motorists. Hmm. Like, like, like the troll that lives underneath the bridge. Maybe. That's that, that's what it sounds yeah, like. Yeah, to, to me, I mean, yeah, I mean, under under a bridge, you know, the troll lives underneath the bridge. You know, it's, you know, you, you give him a coin, you know, he you let you know you send him on his way. Uh, <laughs> but, but yeah, I mean, yeah, absolutely. I mean, just like what you said a minute ago, if he, if this woman just chunked her unborn, ba her, her, just chunked her newborn baby off the bridge, fuck this lady. Um, but if she succumbed to her grief and then hung herself, like what you said, it was it's a tragedy. Um, you know, but either way, it's it's the the story is more about the baby than it is about the woman in a sense. Um, 
you know, because right. obviously, I mean, it, you hear the, the, the baby kind of, and, and anytime that we, again, this is, this, this goes back to, we've talked about it several times on the show. My fatherly instincts immediately kick in when I hear a kid crying, <coughs> you know what I mean? Correct. Especially if it's a kid, you know, especially if it's my kids, <laughs> you know what I mean? So uh yeah this one's this one's like to me this sounds like something you would see in like a short story like horror movie like 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 one in like 15 minute videos you'd see on like facebook or something you know what i mean right it kind of reminds me um growing up there was this series of books of like um scary stories to tell in the dark more scary to stories to tell yeah. in the dark and so on and so forth do you I remember, remember those yeah yeah. Uh, so this sounds like a story that would come from one of those. Yeah. Books. Not to say, I mean, not to say that there's no accuracy in the uh, in the haunting, but there is, you know, I mean, it, it sounds like you've heard this before, you know, and even and even then, it's still a tragedy, regardless, you know. So correct. Okay. All right. You I got the next one, one and we're going to be talking about Staley Road, and this is in Carlisle, uh, Ohio. I think I'm pronouncing that correctly. Um, okay. You are. Now, sometime in the early 1800, prisoner John Wrench engaged the services of three Staley bro- of the three Staley brothers to build a flour mill. The finished structure was to become the first double-wheeled mill in Ohio. The business flourished, and after several years, Wrench had made enough money to retire and ended up selling his mill to Elias Staley. The mill was then passed down to his brother Andrew and continued to process or produce flour until 1905. Today, the mill is still standing and Staley Road, named for the brothers' winds, winds, I'm sorry, its way past and through the woods. It has become something of a rite of passage for local teenagers to drive this road at night as a demonstration of their courage. It has been said that old man Staley went on a murderous rampage and is now haunting the road. Motorists say that they often experience unexplained car trouble and some have even seen Staley's ghost standing next to or even lying in the road. Oh, okay. Um, what you, what you, what you think about this one, Bubba? Um, so it started off and I was like, eh. Uh, but then, you know, when it goes on to say that motorists, um, have either seen old man Staley's ghost or apparition standing next to the road or even lying on the road. I'm like, Whoa, hold yeah. on. It's almost like, yeah. Like, yeah, it, it's, it's like, okay, so I'm driving down this road and then all of a sudden put, 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 put my car stops and, uh, I know there's nobody here, and then all of a sudden I get out and I, you know, pop the hood, check everything or whatnot, and then there's somebody standing there. I'm like, whoa, what the right, fuck? you know? Or you know, driving along, uh, and you see this body laying in the road, but then all of a sudden your car goes pop, 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 and stops. You're like, what the hell, right? Like for two different reasons. You're like, why is this person laying in the middle of the road, and what in the hell just happened to my car? Yeah. Scary Ed. Uh oh. Uh oh. Somebody, somebody is not happy. Not happy. That's what. That's what happens when yep. you try to get when you try to get the baby to sleep. Uh, <laughs> shout out to my wife Amy. She's an amazing mom. Um. 
but anyway, um, so yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, I mean, I understand like, I mean, cause I mean, there's the old, I mean, cause people in, you know, here in this area, you know, they're always like, oh, you know, you got to go see old green eyes at the, at the tower at the Chickamauga battlefield, you know, can't, can you stay in the tower long, you know, and I don't know if we'll talk about that. I'm pro- we probably won't because we already done the uh, hauntings of Georgia. Um, but yeah, that's the old wives tale here is that like, to ride a passage, you must go to the tower at night or something along those lines. And if you see old green guys and right. you, you're damned for eternity or some bullshit, I can't remember. Um, but yeah, it's kind of the, 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 the rite of passage thing is, is the, the thing like now, to me, like, you know, like, like rite of passage is, you know, like, you know, getting your first car or, you know, you know, losing your virginity or, you know, getting married or, you know, getting a tattoo or something that's like epic, like the first, like your first ever, you know what I mean? Shooting, uh, shooting and skinning your first. Right. Like, yeah, Yeah. like that, that's a rite of passage, you know, just driving up a hill just so, you know, you could show how brave you are. If you see the ghost of, you know, Mr. Staley, like, I mean, that's, (laughs) You know, like hell, they had something up in Flintstone too. It's like, oh, if you if you drive by this place at night, you'll see Old Man Rivers. It's like, who is Old Man Rivers? Oh, he's just an old man. You know, right. like anyway. But anywho, uh, yeah. So interesting uh, dynamic uh, for this particular one. Um, the next yes. one, uh, I believe you got the next. One. Yes, next next one up, we're going to talk about Franklin Castle. And this is in Cleveland, it Ohio. It looks nice, actually. Uh, <laughs> it looks like a damn postcard. It really does. Yep. Um, so <clears throat> uh, the house was built in 1881 for a German immigrant named Hans Tiedermann uh, by architects Cadell and Richardson. The first death in the house was that of the owner's daughter, 15-year-old Emma. Not long after her death, the owner's elderly mother also died in the next three years the family would bury three more Mm. children to take his wife's mind away from the tragic death hans added a ballroom as well as adding turrets and gargoyles which gave the house the distinct appearance of a castle Uh, it is rumored that there are hidden rooms and passageways in the house which were used for bootlegging during the prohibition era Although there were many rooms, it has been verified that none of these secret passages and rooms actually exist. There is only one small stairway which was un or which was used by servants to get them from the kitchen to the front door. Hans's wife Louise died in eighteen ninety five at the young age of fifty seven. Mm. Upon his wife's death, he sold the house to the Mulhauser family, and by 1908, the entire Teterman family. Oh dead. shit! <clears throat> yes. So, uh, oh, wait, come on. So, okay, remained... so upon the death, he sold the house in 1908, and so from so in in the 13 years since Louise's death, almost the entire family was dead. Oh no! no almost. almost the. It says that the entire, entire family. family. Oh, oh, yes. holy shit. Okay. Yes. Yeah. So the house remained unoccupied until 1968 when James Romano settled into what was once an abandoned building. The most recent owner is Michelle Heimberger, who paid cash for the house 
in April of 1999. In November of that year, a vagrant lit a fire inside and burned the place, which caused $200,000 in damage. In 2011, so very recently, the uh, the house was purchased by a European tapestry artist. Hmm. Interesting. So, uh, yeah. <clears throat> so it says that the ghosts in Franklin Castle are numerous and paranormal investigators will never be left wanting when they come to the castle. There is a small room near the rear of the house where a baby's skeleton oh, was found. Oh, shit, man. Oh, oh wow. Shit, man. Oh, yes. bro, bro, hold um, on, hold on, hold on. Oh, shit. Dude, I literally have fucking chills on me right now by you saying that, dude. Like, like I'm bald right now, but my fucking neck hair standing up, dude. It's fucking, oh, shit. Sorry, go ahead. Ooh. Can't imagine. So, so the imagine. baby was supposed to, no, me either. So, the baby was supposedly the victim of an inept doctor and several people have reported hearing the cries of a baby within the house. Oh shit! Mm-mm. So man, wow. Fuck that dog, um, man. Come there, on, <laughs> Golly. right? Uh, there are also many stories of an axe murder, which took place in the front tower room. The victim of this axe murder can be seen occasionally standing in the window. <clears throat> the one secret passageway in the house uh, was where Hans reportedly hung his illegitimate daughter, Karen. We gonna Whoa. hang your daughter? What? The fuck? Yes. Bro. No. Go ahead. Go ahead. So, uh, it is Karen's ghost, which is one of the most popular. She is usually seen in the third floor room, also known as the quote-unquote cold room, because it is said to be 10 degrees colder in that particular room than anywhere else in the house at all times. Oh, wow. <clears throat> now, Karen is usually dressed in all black. She's tall, thin, and hmm. eerie. Um, the owners of Franklin Castle have been subjected to many hauntings. There were a couple who lived in the house for some time whose children told them that they wanted to give a cookie to the little girl who would not stop crying. Presumably, this was one of Hans Tiedermann's children. What the fuck? Holy shit. So, okay. I have kids. You have kids. You just bought a house. I've lived in my house for 30 years. Right. Right? <clears throat> if your kids are playing in their bedroom and they come to you while you're sitting at the on the couch watching TV and they say, hey, daddy, can we give this little girl a cookie? What little girl? What, what, what's your... F Not, exactly. No, what little girl are you talking about? Oh, there's, there's, there's a little girl crying in our bedroom. There should be a little... You know, hey, man, right. get the fuck out now. We get the fuck out of this house. Uh, well, first of all, I'm like, where does little girl come from? Like, how how does little girl get in my house? Right. Uh, then I'm picking up something, and I'm like, uh, tiptoeing 
to the room that this this child is supposed <laughs> to be in. I'm like, hey, I don't condone hitting children, but I need to know how in the fuck you got in my house. Yeah, and then it, then it's then the child spins his head around. And is like, I'm sad. Daddy hung me. Like, oh shit. <laughs> you know, right. like, mm-mm. uh. So it goes on to say that Mrs. Teeterman is also said to be to have possessed the wife of one of the former owners for a period of time, and no one stays in this house. Well, no shit. <laughs> no shit. I'm not, I wouldn't be staying in that house. Hell no. Hell no. That that All one's right. yeah. So <laughs> yeah. So so first thing I want to say. Is, is fuck Hans Tiedermann for exactly. this girl. Right. First of all. Secondly, can we just burn this bitch right. to the ground? Because there seems to be too much right. going on. But hell, I mean, I don't even really know if burning it down would even matter in, in any way because, I mean, remember we talked about that high school that got demolished and there's still spirits around that motherfucker. You know, so, right. I mean, it just, I mean, it is what it is. Um, so, yeah. Uh, whew, very oh, Man, this is making my stomach hurt. <laughs> thinking about the fucking the baby skeleton and the the, the the child being hung that's just this oh man right that's no. that that that's oh man yeah fuck yeah right, fuck the so, teeter uh, guy yeah fuck him anyway all right so the next one we're going to talk about is the majestic theater and this is in chillicothe ohio um, now, since the Majestic Theater was built back in 1852, it has earned itself a reputation as being the most haunted location in Ohio, and it was originally a Masonic Opera House. Hmm. During okay. the 1918 uh, influenza epidemic, the overflow of corpses—the overflow of corpses—was actually stored there. <laughs> okay. It is said that blood and vital fluids from the bodies were pumped into the alley to the rear of the building, earning it the nickname Blood Alley. There are there are lots of spooky tales that have been told about the various ghosts that haunt this theater. The most common sighted ghost has been named Elizabeth, and she is a very young woman. On one occasion, she was recorded in the theater asking, how do I get out of here? Okay, uh, there are also plenty of shadow figures and strange mist seen in the auditorium and in the night's room up on the second floor. It is a popular place for unique photographs of strange orbs of light in them. So automatically, let, let's 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 bring it back full circle. So back in the night, back in the 1850s, you basically had it as a Masonic um, opera house. You know, during the during the uh, the the nineteen eighteen influenza pandemic, which we are one hundred years later, we are experiencing our own pandemic now with COVID, um, uh, and so this is where they had the body. This is where they were storing all the bodies of the of the dead due to the flu. Um, man, it's right. And then so then the because of all the blood and the vital you know fluids coming from these dead bodies and they they named it blood alley and that has its own kind of connotation to it i'm assuming um it doesn't say whether it is the majestic theater still open 
I'm going to, I'm going to look that up real quick. Uh, while I'm doing that, what are your thoughts about this one? Um, so it's kind of eerie. Uh, the fact that you, you know, there's the, the one, uh, apparition of the, the lady named Elizabeth and, uh, you know, she will ask, you know, how, how do I get out of here? Like, that's a little right. freaky. Like if you're just sitting there, you know, watching a play or whatnot, you know, cause it's, you know, they said it was an old theater house. Right. Right. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, or it is a theater. An opera. It was a Masonic opera house. It was. A, it was an old right. opera house. Yeah. Uh, so you know, you there to uh, you'll watch a play at the theater, and then uh, all of a sudden you hear, "How do I get out of here?" You're like, "What the fuck are you talking about? The exit is that way, <laughs> right?" Sign? You know, like no, I'm yeah, out. Yeah, absolutely. Um, like absolutely. Mm, I can't even finish. I can't even finish sitting here and enjoying. Right. Right. Um, I'm actually looking at the upcoming. They they still do shows. Um, they do something called Rec W. Um, and I'm assuming that that is just a. Uh, it's like local plays and stuff like that. It's like Rec Center, you know, stuff like that. Um, if you actually look at the, um, see, this is the upcoming calendar that they got. Um, so they got a Motown review. As a. Uh, is an upcoming event that they have. So it's still in production. Um, uh, yeah. Fleet, a Fleetwood Mac tribute band is coming in October. Um, yeah. Uh, the, oh, nice. uh, Paul Francis quartet is going to be there on October 16th, 2021. Uh, comedy night doesn't show exactly who's performing, but that's there. Um, also the McCarth, the, the McCartney project. I'm assuming it's like a tribute to maybe Paul McCartney. Maybe. I don't know. Um, but yeah, but they do they do um, have a uh, a particular thing. Um, it's this was back on October first of twenty twenty that the board of directors have made the difficult decision to cancel programming throughout the throughout the rest of twenty twenty due to the COVID uh, nineteen pandemic. Um, they've you know refunded everyone's uh, tickets and stuff of that nature if you purchase you know tickets for shows and things of that nature and uh, you know. Um, so yeah, but I mean, apparently they're 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 bringing it back to I believe September tenth. I'm sorry, September eighteenth is their first event back, and it's going to be the Sounds of Motown. So that's going to be an interesting one uh, for those of you who want to go check it out. If you live in the Ohio area, if you want to go check that out, at the Majestic Theater. Um, so there you go. Yeah. All right, uh, you got the next one, Bubble. I, I do. Next up, we're going to talk about the Woodlawn Cemetery, and this is in. Beautiful day. The picture Ohio. that they use right now, dude, looks like something like you'd see in like a like a music video for like a, a metal band or something. Like it's very yes. it's it's if if I may coin a phrase from an old buddy of mine, it is beautifully creepy. <laughs> if that makes sense. Uh, <laughs> yes. Yes. It it definitely looks uh very beautiful yet very yes. creepy. Um now, several years ago, uh, just uh, as a caveat here, several years ago, I went to visit my aunt who lives in uh, Elmira, New York, and um, she took me to visit a cemetery where a lot of um, my extended family right. is buried. Uh, and I remember seeing a, uh, a, a statue 
very similar to this uh there in in, in the the cemetery um so this this kind of reminds right. me of, of that you know and uh, you know having seen you know one up close and personal um it's it's very beautiful uh but eerie yeah. at the same time uh but just the craftsman work that goes into making something as intricate as this out of stone yeah and i don't amazing. know if that's supposed to be gabriel or michael um i'm going i'm, I'm assuming because i don't know the the backstory it does look as though it is one of the uh the archangels of the lord so uh, yeah. it does look that way yes um yes so i digress <clears throat> it, it says that uh if you visit woodland cemetery in dayton ohio by day then the word that you would probably choose to describe it would be picturesque. Yeah. Okay. The burial grounds double up as an arbitorium, uh, and it boasts a wonderful selection of trees shading the pathways that meander around Lake Goose. However, by night, Woodland Cemetery takes on a much creepier feel. Many witnesses have reported a female spirit who is usually described as wearing a red shirt and blue jeans with a blue sweater around her waist. She is said to wander forlornly through the trees. Forlornly? As in like, like, I don't know what that word, I, again, ladies and gentlemen, I'm not, forlornly, just like, like, like sidestepping, like back and forth, or like, what exactly does that forlorn mean? I don't, I don't know what that means. Uh, <clears throat> so, it means uh, full of regret, loneliness, or even hopelessness. Oh. Kind of like when you're, kind of like when you're, yeah. you're, you're kind of like walking side to side almost, and like you're, you're, you almost look like you're going down, but you get up, and it's like you you lose your balance, but you catch yourself, keep walking, kind of, th- kind of deal. Okay. Yeah. Synonym for uh, forlornly are lonely pathetic, depressed, oppressed, despondent, deserted, desolate, uh, desperate, miserable, helpless. Wow. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Destitute, pitiful, abandoned, alone, mm-hmm. uh, cheerless, cynical, defenselessness. Yeah. Just so you yeah, kind of yeah. get an idea yeah, of, that, the, of yeah. that. Um, so... Other spirits that are seen here include a young boy and his dog. They are said to have drowned in the canal after the boy fell in and his dog attempted oh, to rescue him. <clears throat> There's another uh, another meaning behind that. Uh, uh, the old saying, man's best friend. Uh, yeah. Man's best friend. Yeah. Um, so many people are so touched by the tale that they leave trinkets at the memorial, and some say that they have heard the boy sobbing and his mm, dog. That's sad, whining. man. That that's sad. You know, it's like, you that know, like I mean, sad. it's so crazy. I mean, because I mean, they pretty much turn this into a, a shrine for the boy and his dog. You know, um, which, which right. I mean, that I mean that's like the good part. But then I my mind goes back to the lady in the red shirt and blue sweater um, that she's wandering through, you know, desperately through the woods. And you're wondering like, what's wrong? Like why is she a lost soul looking for a way out? Is she, 
still grieving the loss of someone in the cemetery. Could that be, could she be looking for the boy and the dog? You know, there could be many different explanations as to who this lady is. Um, you know, right. Yeah. Yeah. This is one that just, uh, it hits you in the gut because again, it's about a little boy and his dog, you know, like, it sounds like something a country singer would sing about, <laughs> you know, uh, you know, 100%. Oh, man. I'm going to move on because I'm not start crying. So anyway, uh, so the next one we're going to talk about is the Mudhouse Mansion, and this is in Lancaster, Ohio. Now, the Mudhouse Mansion or the Hartman Place, as it is known locally, was an abandoned brick mansion built in the mid 1800s. It has long been believed that the house held a very sinister. Oh, matter of fact, hold on. Let me. I didn't know that it, I didn't I didn't realize that it had a blurb at the bottom of it. I'm sorry. Let me go back and we try this again. Quick history first. Okay. Now the Mudhouse Mansion was built sometime between 1840 and 1850. Christian and Eleanor Rugg um purchased the property where Mudhouse Mansion now stands from Henry uh Byler and Abraham uh Kege. Excuse me. The property was the sole was to be sold to Henry and Martha Hartman in 1919. When Henry died, the property was inherited by his daughter, Lulu. Her descendants still own the land today, and locals have also labeled the mansion the Hartman Place. No one has lived in the house since the the 1930s, although transients and the groups of hippies in the 1960s did call it their home for a short period of time. The grand structure has been damaged by vandalism and fire. Please note... Today, there are guards watching over the property, and whoever is caught trespassing will be prosecuted, if not shot. Some some trespassers have even claimed that they have been shot at after stepping onto the property without permission. Okay, Okay. (laughs) so I guess let's talk about the haunting. So, Mudhouse Mansion has a dark reputation not only among locals, but also among paranormal enthusiasts nationwide. It is without a doubt one of the most haunted places in Ohio. There are many local tales and legends as to the origin of the hauntings at Mudhouse Mansion. One legend says that the government official li- um, that a government official lived there after the Civil War and even kept slaves. It is told that he locked the slaves in one of the outburstings every night and generally treated them poorly. One night, a slave dug his way out, entering the home and slaughtered the official and his entire family. It is the spirit of these people which haunt the house today. However, according to some, it is another more recent family that has got murdered that has gotten murdered in the house. According to local legend, there was a man who actually bought the house in 1892 and he moved into the house with his wife and their three children. Oh god, I'm seeing a Chris Benoit situation here. Okay. Neighbors, sorry, that <laughs> My mind went there. I'm sorry. (laughs) My mind went there. I'm sorry. Okay. Anyway, so one, sorry, neighbors never saw them after they entered the house and they thought it was very weird that the family would spend all their time indoors. One neighbor went out to the house to investigate and all he could see was the figure of a woman dressed in white standing on the second floor window. The figure was just standing there and staring at her the following day. The neighbor checked again and saw the figure again standing in the exact same position. She, she checked for 10 days and would see the same figure. 
On the 10th day, she called the police. When the police came to investigate, they were met with a terrible sight. All of the, all the five family members were hanging lifeless, dressed in white gowns. Oh, fuck. Oh, wow. The figure which the neighbor had seen was the mother, and she was just standing in the window. She had actually been hanging there for several days, if not weeks. What the fuck? Wow. Okay. Okay. So let, I'm, I'm, I'm going to pause right there before we jump up, before we keep going. So she just seen the lady standing there, not thinking, okay, this woman's fucking dead, just hanging there. Like, I mean, that's who she's seen. Like, now I'm I'm thinking, well, what happened to they all? Was it like a mass suicide thing or like like what happened? You know? Yeah. Right. Um, so this next part is interesting to me. Mudhouse Mansion is said to be the home of the original Bloody Mary. If you say her name oh, wow. three or four times while in front of a mirror, she will appear. Children in town have even called Mud House the House of Mary. According to traditional folklore, all the children were killed either by her or her husband. Didn't know she had a husband. A woman named, okay, a woman named Colleen once explored Mud House in 2001, and she recalled hearing a whole group of people moving around the third floor of the house. They went upstairs to talk and I'm sorry, they went upstairs to talk to the people they assumed were causing all the noise, but they found that the entire floor and the rest of the house completely deserted. There was no one else there but them. The mansion's neighbors reported hearing shrieks and moans coming from upstairs upstairs in the empty mansion when it just lied there abandoned. Bro. So, okay, so, so, so automatically there's a couple of things at play here. Um... One that the, you know, you you got you got the story of the slave who escaped and came back and slaughtered the family. Then you have the story of the the wife, the husband, and the three kids who were all caught hanging. Um, and then you have the story of Bloody Mary, which I believe a lot of people would probably know that story more than anything else. You know, that's the story right. that they associate with you know because i mean it, and if you really want to be truthful i mean bloody mary kind of was the start of you know the phenomenon of you know looking in a mirror you know and saying you know like certain things like i mean candy man you know it had to be derived from the bloody mary story as well um what do you what do you what are your thoughts on this one uh interesting um i, I it, Definitely, uh, you know, um, so the, the, the quote unquote slave that, uh, broke free and, um, you know, came in and murdered everybody. That was, uh, yeah. Wow. First of all, um, and then. You know the the family hanging in um, all white. That's uh, yeah. that's a little eerie, creepy as shit. If you ask me, you know, yeah. As a skeptic, if I'm you know walk down some stairs and I just see you know what four four or five people hanging there 
dressed in all white gowns. I'm like, what in the fuck just right? happened here? You know? So, yeah. But I, I, I thought it was interesting. Uh, <clears throat> you know, and, and the fact that, um, you know, that it is now demolished. You know, they demolished it in 2015. And the land where the uh, mansion stood is still believed to harbor some of the spirits that once called the mansion home like that. So whatever they build there next, those spirits are going to, you know, take that over and uh, call that the house. Yeah. So, yeah. And then there's another uh, portion that I don't know if it's the same story, but they said there was another owner is said to have murdered his wife before committing suicide because she was having an affair. I mean, you know, yet another tale suggests that the wife yeah. murdered their, her own kids. So, is that the five that was murdered? Is that is it a different five? You know, yeah, <laughs> that one that one's interesting. So, all right, you got the next one, Bubba. I do. Next, we're going to talk about the Civic Theater, and uh, this is in the home of LeBron James, absolutely, Akron, Ohio. Um, so the Civic Theater or uh, Lowe's Theater, not not Lowe's like the um, right hardware store, but different, um, as it was once known, was designed by a Venice architect named John Eberson. One of its most famous features is that in the ceiling, or it, yeah, it's that. The ceiling can rotate, and it is designed to look like the night sky. Yeah, that's very almost interesting. Like a, yeah, like a dome itself. You know, like almost a not retractable thing. That's not what I'm going at for. Almost like a like a uh, uh, you know, them things you had when you was a kid. Like you you hit it, and then it would spin. You know, and it would like show different th- patterns on the on the on the ceiling and stuff like that. That's what it reminds me of. Yeah, yeah. Right. Um, now, now looking at the picture, it it eerily it looks very similar to the Tivoli Theater here in Chattanooga. It looks a little bigger, actually. Um, well, it, depending on the picture is a little bit. I don't know. Yeah, this picture it's more fisheye lens looking panoramic. Yeah. Um. So, and I I can't wait for the Tivoli to reopen. And uh, to get some plays right. and stuff back in there, um, I, I I'm one of those uh, weird <laughs> young people um, that I, I really yeah. like stuff like that. You know, most people my age they don't get into that kind right. of stuff. I really do. So yeah. So um, I digress. And moving forward, one of the ghosts is believed to be the spirit of a young woman who committed suicide by jumping into the canal behind Hmm. the theater. She has been seen standing at the edge of the canal. Oh shit. Almost like she, almost like she's like wanting someone to come. It's like stop her from jumping or something like that. Maybe. Right. Um, Another of the resident ghosts is the spirit of a janitor named Fred. Mm-hmm. Uh, anytime I anytime I hear that, I think of uh, you know dropped in right. Fred. But right, 
So, uh, the janitor named Fred, who was a longtime employee of the theater, he is said to attack anyone who leaves a mess in the bathroom. Hey, you know what? I, I... <laughs> Like, look, what you gonna do? Like, if you forget to wash your hands, and you go to like the doors locked all of a sudden, and you hear this, this ominous voice, like, "You better wash your damn hands, boy." Okay, I'll wash my hands real quick, and then like the doors open. It's like, I right, throw that damn paper towel away. <laughs> right? Like, nope. Yeah. I'm done. I'm out. See you. <laughs> right? Push that door down. Um. So finally, the third spirit is said to be of a male entity. That sits in the balcony. Nobody knows who he is, but he is clearly distinguishable from Fred, thanks to the fact that he is always hmm. well. So this could Fred. probably be maybe a business person or someone who really enjoyed coming to the theater, um, always dressed like maybe the person who maybe had some equity or had some you know money who had the money to go to the theater maybe. Um, you know, maybe that's who that person is. So, um, do you know if the right. Civic Theater is still in operations, or is it? I think maybe it's. Yeah, I believe it is. Give uh, a quick little Google search, and we'll, we'll find out. Bing, bang, and boom. Sweet. Actually, it is. Yep. Um. It says, if you're attending a show, the Civic will be practicing social distancing and sanitation protocols as recommended by the Ohio Department of Public Health. There you go. So, they have some upcoming shows. They um, have one called Who's Live Anyway. Hmm. Uh, yep. Uh, Cinderella the Ballet. Uh that's Cinderella the ballet. Wow. About the only. Yeah, they got uh, Clint Black Live is coming. Lights Out, America's number one tribute to Frankie Valet. Okay. And the Four Seasons are coming. So. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, they have Almost Queen coming. Yeah. They're a Queen cover band. The uh, Napoleon Dynamite. Oh, wow. Live that might be interesting to see. Be there. Yeah. Who's bad? The ultimate Michael Jackson. I would, I would see that one. I'd go and see that one. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Bruce in the USA, the world's number one tribute to uh, oh, wow. Bruce Springsteen. Uh, the Red Hot Chili Pipers. They're a okay. Red Hot Chili Pepper Peppers man. band. <laughs> yeah. would... So it looks like they do a lot of cover bands and local acts and cover bands stuff like that uh yeah yeah oh they have um a ballet called the snow queen it's a interesting frozen fairy tale like almost like fa yeah. almost like, like fan fiction first... almost correct it looks like their first um show back since the pandemic will be uh tuesday april 13th 2021 Sweet. at 8 p.m so if you're in the uh, the Akron, Ohio area, and you're looking for something to do on Tuesday, April the 13th, go check yeah. out Who's Live Provided anyway. when this episode drops, it might be over, so you never know. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's see what we got next. All right. 
so next we're going to talk about the um, the Sadamsville Requiem. And this is in Cincinnati, Ohio. Now, the Requiem is one of the most notorious haunted locations in Ohio. It is over 100 years old and originally located, the, I'm sorry, the, and originally housed local priests from the Cincinnati area. Somewhere along the way, it apparently became the place where bad priests were placed. There were rumors of child abuse and dog fighting connected to the property. In 2011, a couple purchased the property and began restoration, a restoration project only to discover that the building had one otherworldly guest, including a demonic spirit who affected them both profoundly. The property has been exercised on occasion, but with no effect. It is now a popular spot for paranormal investigation. Wow. So, and that's all, unfortunately, that's all the information that we have currently on this uh, rectorium. Um, but yeah, so apparently this was where the quote unquote bad priest went. Um, the ones who were rumored to be abusing children and then the dog fighting, obviously. Um, but yeah, but anytime you're dealing with the demonic and this and the, and the evil, um, they say and for them to say that the property has been exercised on occasion, but with no effect, that means, okay, there's a strong presence here that you probably shouldn't fuck with. Um, but despite that, it is still a very popular spot for paranormal investigators to go and check out. Uh, what are you thinking about this one? Um, well, first of all, um, fuck these people for abusing children exactly. and dogs. Um, yeah. So. But, uh, <clears throat> yeah, uh, the the fact that this has been exercised on several occasions and it has no effect um, to to get away, you know, whatever spirits are there, um, that says something in itself. You know, there's something deep and dark here. Uh, yeah, definitely, definitely so. nothing you want to fuck with. Um, you know, because I mean, that's that's one of them situations only God can take care of. You know, correct. Um, now it uh, it it, it is still open um, for those brave enough. <laughs> so it says, right? It, it says that it it's open Sunday or seven days a week, eight p.m. to six a.m. Mm-hmm. So, I, I don't know what they actually do there, but, uh, yeah, I guess they're uh, using it as uh, bait to get people to come and visit for it to be open from 8 p.m. to 6 a.m. Yeah. Those are weird times. Uh, so. Yeah. Very different. Yeah. All right. You got the next one, Bob? I do. Uh, next up, we are going to talk about uh, Lafayette Hotel, and this is in Marietta, Ohio. Didn't know there was a Marietta, Ohio, okay. but here we go. Mm, yep. I didn't either until today. But uh, So the Lafayette Hotel was actually built on the ruins of another hotel, the Bellevue, uh, which burned down in 1916. The Lafayette opened in 1918, mm -hmm. so two years later. And was managed by a man named Reno G. Hogg. Okay. 
All right. Um, he died in 1944 and passed the job down to his son, S. Deward Hogg. I'm sorry, that's Hogg. Okay. Hogg. Uh, yeah. Either, either which way. Um, <clears throat> it wasn't until uh, Durward passed on that the paranormal activity at the hotel began leading many to surmise that it's actually his ghost that haunts the third floor of the property. Okay. Okay. Um, lights flicker and the bulbs shatter on their own. The elevator behaves strangely and will often travel up to the roof. Holy shit. On its own. Uh, now we've talked about this before. Elevators don't move on their own. You either have to call right. it or tell it to go, uh, by hitting one of the buttons. So, for for it to be moving on its own, right? There's a problem. Right. Might need to look into that. So, as well as the ghost of Durward, guests have noted a female apparition in Edwardian attire sitting hmm. in the Riverview Lounge. That's interesting. It, I mean, is she just enjoying the hotel's view? Is she? Could she be one of the wives? Of Mr. Reno himself, Mr. Reno Hogue, like doesn't get really give a name or a specification, you know. Just you know, hey, she's just sitting. <sighs> Excuse me, on the Riverview Lounge is like, well, I wonder what she, I wonder what, uh, I wonder what she's thinking, I wonder what she's doing, you know? Right. So yeah, yeah. I mean, so, anytime you talk about it, I mean, obviously, when you think about it. It was, when it says that the Lafayette Hotel was actually built on the r ruins of another hotel, the Bellevue, it burned down in 1916, and therefore they erected the new hotel in 1918. But if we look back at 1916, did anybody pass away in the in in, in when the when the building was burned down? Because because if it I'm if, going by what I've you know heard from different paranormal studies that we've you know, that we've done and different you know what we've talked about before in the past, normally anytime you mess with someone's final resting place, it has the ability to to they have the ability to you know. But mostly, most of those uh, spirits are more angry spirits because you're fucking with their final resting place. Um, but then again, it, maybe then you know if someone died here. You know, and maybe their body was discovered, moved, whatever, but maybe they still had an attachment to that hotel. You know, but but then again, correct. We don't know the backstory behind that one. So the story is maybe the lady that they see could possibly be a lady who who maybe had died in the burning of the Bellevue. However, if it was the wife of Mister Reno or um, his son then that could be, you know, or a mistress or a girlfriend or whoever, you know, um, it, it, it's, it, it's makes you think, you know, um, and especially with the, with the, with the, uh, right. the elevators, you know, acting erratically as we've talked about on previous episodes as well. Um, yeah. So yeah, um, Correct. this one's, this one's, um, interesting from the standpoint that, you know, we don't really know too much about it, although we can kind of, Judging by previous experience, we can probably kind of piece some things together. You know what I mean? So, all right. So, right. the next one that we're going to talk about is the Bisman Building. And this is in Mansfield, Ohio. 
Hey, okay. So, built in 1886 by the same architect that designed the Ohio State Reformatory, it's a little it's it's of little wonder that its eerie facade bears such a striking resemblance. It doesn't just share its physical appearance with the uh, reform, reformatorium, but it is also shared. It also shares a film appearance too, in the movie The Shawshank Redemption. Perhaps one of the per, perhaps one oh, of the wow. greatest movies of all time. And I can actually attest to that because if if you're giving me a top ten of my favorite movies of all time, Shawshank Redemption is at least in the top ten, probably in the lower part of it. I I've watched that movie a few times, but every time I've watched it, I've I've enjoyed it. I think you know that's the first time I've seen Morgan. Uh, it was the first time I've seen Morgan Freeman. Um, and other people have like, oh, you didn't watch him in Driving Miss right. Daisy. Like, no, first time I seen Morgan Freeman was in Shawshank Redemption. You know, which him playing the uh, the uh, playing the character of Red, who originally was supposed to be Italian. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, not Italian, Irish. Um, but they gave it to uh, Morgan Freeman. Just brilliant role. Um, but perhaps one of the greatest movies of all time used as a filming location too. If you have seen the film, the building is used as the entrance of the Brewer Hotel where Brooks and Red stayed after they were paroled from Shawshank. So there's an interesting little tidbit about the movie. Not only has it made appearances in film, but it has also been the focus of numerous paranormal investigation shows such as Ghost Asylum, and Ghost Hunters taps to name just a couple. And I believe, if I'm not mistaken, it's also on an episode of Ghost Hunters as well. I believe I've seen that as well. Um, now, the reports of the paranormal here are, uh, you know, rife with a common feeling of dread and sadness, particularly on the third floor. Many people report an overwhelmingly sens- overwhelming sensation of darkness when on this floor disembodied footsteps, voices being poked and pushed, black shadows and dark figures caught in images are some of the more common occurrences. The past investigations here, investigators have received audible responses to their questions. One particular piece of audio evidence was when an investigator asked if they could speak to Ruthie. The voice was caught saying, is Ruthie here? As in, like, asking asking them, is Ruthie oh, wow. here? You know, in addition, people have witnessed the spirit of a woman throughout the upper floors, people in Victorian clothing, and the sounds of people working. As if nothing happened. Like, they just continued their lives, even though they aren't physically living in the world that they're in, you know? Um Although I haven't particularly seen this particular episode, um, I know they did an episode of it on a, on a Ghost Adventures, um, but I haven't actually watched it yet. At least I think it is. I want to say it, it's from Ohio. They, I don't know if they actually give yeah the the Bisman Building. So I'm gonna have to look it up. Um, either that or I'll, I'll find the Ghost Hunters episode. Um, but yeah. So what are your thoughts about this one particularly? Uh, I mean, pretty interesting. Uh, the fact that they, um, it, it was in the Shawshank Redemption, uh, makes me more interested. But not only that, the fact that Ghost Asylum, 
Ghost Hunters, and Taps um, all have uh, went here and filmed um, is is yeah. really interesting in itself. Um, <clears throat> now, the fact that, you know, one the where it talks about the one particular piece of audio evidence where the investigator asked if they could speak to Ruthie and a voice came back and said, is Ruthie here? That's, um, yeah, very interesting. Yeah. I mean, you, I mean, you've hear some EVP, there's some EVP where you can like, I mean, you can kind of venture a guess that like maybe 75 to 80% of the audio was probably skewed for like, you know, television and things of that nature. But if you catch some real EVP audio, like it's, some of it's creepier than hell and then others it's like more calming you know i remember there was one i can't remember the i can't remember which if it was ghost hunters or ghost adventures they were talking to somebody and they say like are you here and it came back it said yes and then it's like what do you want and it said peace you know and it's like if we leave will it give you that peace it said yes again so they were like well okay well, we're gonna leave now and then it, then abruptly it said thank you and it was like Oh shit, did we just have a conversation with a fucking spirit? Like, you know, like what do you want? Peace. Okay. Well, how are you right. gonna get peace? You know, or if we leave, will you have will you will you have that peace? Yes. You know, like yeah, we're out. Have a good one, man. Hope, we're you know, out. We're gone. You know, have a good you know, afterlife. I got what do you say to that? You know, like we're all right, bye, see ya, you know. Please don't, you know, come after us, you know. You know, but anyway. Exactly. Um I but yeah, I do find it interesting though that it was you know, looking at it now, like looking at it, like you can clearly tell, like, yeah, mate, that was in the uh, the movie, you know. Um, so, yeah, I mean, a lot of people will. That makes me want to go, go back and watch Sawshank Redemption, though. That makes me want to get back and find it on Netflix, because I don't have it on like DVD or anything like that or Blu-ray or anything like that. So, yeah, uh, you right. say DVD now and the kids are like, what's a DVD? And it's like, shut, shut up. Go, go away. You know, <laughs> They, no, yeah, they, they still yeah. sell DVDs. I mean, you Walmart. get a shit ton, of, shit ton of them at McKay's. You can probably get DVDs, like you can probably get ten DVDs at McKay's for like a buck now. So I'm, 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 I'm exaggerating. Um, but anyway, yeah, McKay's is a bookstore here in you know the city. For those of you who don't know, um, and we're talking about Ohio. So anyway, right. all right, you got the next one, Bob. I do. Uh, next up, we're going to talk about Ridges Asylum, and this is in Athens, Ohio. So, um, Ridge's As- Asylum, ugh, right? That's a little tongue twister for me. <clears throat> Ridge's Asylum originally opened in 1874 and was known as the Athens Asylum for the same. It had two wings, one for the female patients and one for the male patients. Uh, the most violent patients were housed at the outermost tip of each wing. And by the start of the 1900s, the the asylum had become dangerously overcrowded. That seems to be a, an ongoing right. thing when we talk about these asylums. They, they right. become overcrowded. They, they're, all, they're always overcrowded and they're always uh, abusing the and patients. Rumors, well, so it goes on to say, and rumors of inhumane treatment at the hands of the overworked mm-hmm. staff yep. were building. So there you go. Um However, the asylum lasted longer than many from that from the same time. It was not officially closed oh, until wow. 1993. However, some parts of the building are still in use 
while other areas lie. Oh, okay. Abandoned. So only part of this hospital is abandoned, or part of this asylum is abandoned, pretty much. And then, okay, that's interesting. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yep, that's what it says. One of the most chilling sights is the outline of a body that remains where Margaret Schilling died in 1979. Mm -hmm. Um, so it's just laying on the floor. There's an outline. I, I don't try know. to wash it away, and it's Did still there. Did they use spray paint instead of just chalk? What happened? Uh, yeah, I I, I don't know. Um, so apparently she got lost in the disused part of the hospital in the winter of 78-79 and was not found for more than an entire month. Oh, wait. Okay, so what? She got lost in the part of the hospital they weren't using? She, I'll be breaking windows out mm -hmm. and shit. Like, I'll be trying to get the fuck out of there as soon as I could, you know? Or was there something keeping her down there? Yeah. I don't know. Um... So it says that when the corpse was eventually removed, it had left a stain that could wow. never be washed away. Wow. Yeah, that that's, is. Um, that's eerie. Um, she is one of the many ghosts who is said to walk the asylum at night. There is also a cemetery on the grounds which holds over 2,000 bodies and is said to have several wow. spirits. Wow, holy shit. That's crazy. The fact that, yeah. you know, like, well, first of all, the, the fact that Margaret Schilling died, you know, lost and alone, like that's sad in and of itself, you know, because, you know, at least if you die, you want to at least have your 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 loved ones with you. I mean, that's, I mean, that's the general, that's the general, right. I guess that's the way to I me. Mean, if you, if you're going to go out, you know, you at least want your family with you, you know, whether it be old age or whatever, you know? Um, but I mean, for it, for her body to just be laid there, you know, um, and that you know, they could never wash away the, the remaining stains of her from the floor like that, that in and of itself is creepy as shit anyway, you know? So yeah, I mean, it, it makes sense for her body. I mean, it, it would exactly. make sense that her spirit never left because there's a part of her that's still there at the hot, at the asylum, man, it's crazy. And then we talked about the yeah. cemetery again, we're going back to fucking with people's final resting places, you know? Um, you don't do it. They going to, they going to fucking make you regret it. It's scary enough as it is. Uh, so yeah, um. Yeah. This one's. This one's. This one's a little bit different. But the fact. I mean. It, it, it officially closed in like ninety three. You know. So, and I was seven years old at this point. So you were ten. So obviously, we were young enough to lived. You know, around right. it. But you know, it was happening in Ohio. So we didn't give a shit. You know. Um. <laughs> you know. I was. You know. A kid. You were a kid. You know. Whatever. Um. That being said, though, we're going to jump on to the last one for the evening. And this one is one that we talked about in a previous uh, entry on this list, the Ohio State Reformatory. And this is in Mansville, Ohio. So I'm going to click on this thing real quick, and we will talk about it here in a second. Okay, so 
The Ohio State Reformatory was designed in 1886 by architect Levi T. Scott, who took his inspiration from German castles. It was hoped that the surrounding would prove to be the spiritually uplifting for the inmates. The first 150 inmates were moved in in September of 1896, although the prison was not completed until 1919. So you just moved them into just a a prison and the prison wasn't even finished being built yet. Like, wow, like you really wanted to get these people off the streets. I get it. Now, at the time, the faculty, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, the facility had the largest self-supporting steel cell blocks in the entire world with a total of 600 cells stacked six stories high. So could you imagine? So basically, a hundred. So you do the oh, math. Wow. That's a hundred cells a floor, pretty much. You know, a hundred cells a story. That's pretty freaking big. So the initial plan was that the prison would house young males serving time for their first offenses. It was hoped that by enhancing their spirituality and teaching them useful life skills, that they would be reformed. However, with the demanding growth of prison space. Uh, with the growing demand for prison space, I'm sorry, it was not long before hardened criminals began being incarcerated here in Mansville Prison as well. Soon, it was overcrowded with cells designed for one man now housing three people. When, when, and we that still goes on to this very day, you know. Um, I remember I was watching an episode of Beyond Scared Straight, and uh, there was a they were interviewing an, an inmate. And he goes, he the, the the officer asked the inmate. He goes, "How many people are in your uh, cell with you? Four, okay. How many beds do you have in there? Two, okay. Let me ask you one more question. How many people can fit inside this jail?" He said, "One more." He goes, "Yep. Remember that, kids. There's always room for one more. <laughs> you know." Um. So, let me get back to this. So right. the focus moved away from reform and more towards punishment. Some of these punishments were barbaric and includes water hoses, a sweat box reserved for non-white inmates, electro-torture known as the butterfly, and perhaps worst of all, the hole. I think every prison has had something, had, you know, the hole, everybody's had something to do with the hole, you know. You know, like, oh, send them to the hole, you know. The hole was a very small, bare isolation, solitary confinement cell where many of prisoners went insane. Torture wasn't the only trial that inmates faced. They were also subject to extreme violence from other inmates and even the staff. The food was horrible. There was poor sanitation and rat infestation in every single wing. If prisoners were not murdered, then they would likely take their own lives or die from an infectious disease. Yeah, that's fucked up. In 1978, the Council for the Human Dignity filed a federal lawsuit claiming that conditions in the prison were both brutal and inhumane. A federal court made the decision to close the prison in 1986, although this was extended to 1990 
due to the construction delays with the new Mansfield Correctional Institute that was being built to house more inmates. Now, in 1995, the Mansville Reform uh, Preservation Society, or MRPS, was established with the goal of restoring the building to its former glory. There are now there is now a museum set up within the prison and regular tours of the property are offered. It has also become a very popular location for movie producers. One of the most notable movies that were filmed inside this particular prison was the movie The Shawshank Redemption. So you have we have one building oh wow that was featured in the film and this is actually where the film was shot and took place. As those tours became more regular, rumors started circulating that the prison was haunted by former inmates who were still trapped in their cells for all eternity. There were also reports of dead prison guards returning to the prison. The reports are strange activities were so frequent that the MRPS now offers regular ghost tours and the prison has become a popular location for the paranormal investigators all over the world. Yeah, so now that we've done hmm. talked about that, let's get into some of the hauntings. So the ghost of Mansfield Prison. Now the whole of Mansfield Prison is teeming with um, paranormal activities of all kinds. But there are a number of hot spots throughout the building which seem to be more active than some in other areas. Let's explore these areas real quick and let me uh, let me uh, um, some of the activities that are the most commonly reported. One of them is in the chapel. Now, according to reports, the chapel is the most active area, one of the most active areas in the prison in terms of paranormal activity. It is often thought to be the central point of the hauntings. There could be a very good reason why. You see, before being converted into a chapel, this is where prisoners were executed. It is very common for visitors oh, to wow. capture strange light anomalies in photographs taken here, and there have been a lots of unexplained noises in the room. In most reports, spirits have been lingering in doorways from the corner of their eye but will vanish as soon as you turn and look at them directly. Some visitors have recently reported them being grabbed by a spirit, but not as very, but this is not a very common occurrence. So let's pause right there. So this was a chapel. That's Normally good. you think chapel, you think it's a place I can go and pray where I can be spiritual where I can talk to my Lord. And then you find out, oh, wait a minute. This is the exact same spot where they executed some people. Like, holy shit. <laughs> you know what I mean? No pun intended. Just, you know, like, like, wow. Like, I mean, for, you know, so that would, that right there would already be a freaky experience right there. Okay. I was worried. I was worried you, uh, yes. Kick. Okay. All right, cool. All right. So the next one we're going to talk okay. about is the infirmary. Now, as you might expect, a large number of inmates passed away in the prison infirmary over the years. Some would have died of illness or disease, but others have injuries sustained during torture or thanks to the beating guards and the fellow inmates. There are claims that it is very common for patients in the infirmary to go for days without care, 
from medical staff. Most were neglected and many starved to death because they were too weak to fight off the other patients stealing their food when they was when there was no supervision from the staff. What the fuck? Okay. <laughs> it is not all that surprising that there are a lot of reports of paranormal activity in the infirmary, most commonly unexplained ghosts of wind and disembodied moans. Okay. Unexplained gust of wind and disembodied moans. So that in and of a smell, I mean, I mean, the fact that the medical staff le- legitimately just neglected their duty, like so much for do no harm, right? So, yeah. So fuck them people. They should have exactly. done a better job. Another place is the library. Now, the library is also said to be haunted, but not by a former inmate. Visiting psychics have suggested that the spirit here is actually a young woman by the name of Helen. Records suggest that this could be the ghost of a former prison nurse who was murdered by inmates many, many years ago. Yeah, so there you go. Another another oh, play, wow. common place for paranormal activity is the basement. The basement of the prison is said to be the home of one particular spirit, a 14-year-old boy who was allegedly beaten to death down there. Okay, first of all, how did a 14-year-old boy get beaten in a prison? What was this 14-year-old boy doing in this prison to begin with? That's what I want to know. He is seen lingering in the shadows of the basement with some frequency. On some occasions, there have also been reports of guards in the basement too, and it is said um, he is said to give off some very sinister vibes, suggesting that he is one of many malevolent spirits that are said to haunt this prison. Who? Okay. So another place that you want to go, I'm talking about all the places apparently, is the hole. Now the hole is located in the basement of the prison and it was considered to be the ultimate punishment for disobedient inmates. The small cells in the hole were completely barren and were infested with rats and cockroaches. When places in the when places in the whole prisoners were cut off from the others and deprived of light, that's fucking torture. That's not like that's fucking like that should be against like the, the Geneva Convention or some shit. You know, this often led to them going completely mad. Many of the inmates put here ended up taking their own lives. There were twenty small cells. In the hole, and it is considered to be one of the most creepiest areas in the entire prison. Those who have ventured down here have described many negative experiences, including sudden bouts of nausea, chills, and a general uneasiness like they are being watched from the shadows. Others have heard deranged babbling, disembodied moans, and other unpleasant sounds. This section is not for the faint of heart if you choose to venture down into the hole. I'm not doing it. I'm just saying. <laughs> nope, not me either. So, not me. other paranormal activity that takes place is this. Although, although those areas mentioned are considered to be among the most haunted spots in the prison, there is activity throughout the entire building and on the grounds. There have been reports of things moving in the graveyard the West Attic has sent even the most hardened of paranormal investigators running. The, the cell block has haunted even was haunted even before the prison closed, and many inmates said a lady would come and tuck them in with tuck, tuck them in their blankets at night. 
could this nurse could uh, this no, be a nurse you. the nurse from the library there is rarely a tour that passes without reports of shadow figures disembodied voices phantom footsteps and other strange sounds especially the clinging of cell doors now the administration wing is also apparently a hot spot and it is haunted by two very important figures in the history of the prison author gout i want to say that's how that's pronounced was named superintendent in 1935 and he got to work straight away on improving the miserable conditions in the prison as best he could although there was nothing that he could have done about the overcrowding he lived in the administration ring with his wife helen and in 1950, Helen was looking for something in the closet when she accidentally knocked a gun off the shelf. It went off, and it shot her in the chest. She battled for three days, but eventually succumbed to the injury after contracting pneumonia. Um, yeah, Arthur continued at to work at the prison, working to block out the heartache, but he eventually passed away in, in February of 1959 after suffering a massive heart attack in his office. The couple are both said to haunt the administration wing, although they are said to be friendly spirits. Or at least, you know, the friendly spirits are, you okay. know, maybe they're more like, you know, this is where we live. This is where we died. You know, I miss my wife. You know, as you can see, the prison has more than its right. fair share of ghosts roaming the place. There is a mixture of friendly and malevolent spirits. So it is important to remain alert if you do choose to visit the prison. Whew. Okay, so that was a lot to take in. I know, I mean, I'm probably a little bit more, I'm not as, that's a little, I'm a little long-winded at that. But after going over all these, what are your initial thoughts? Right. Um, right. Initial thoughts. Yeah, fuck this place. <laughs> I, yeah. Um. The, the one where the inmates are uh, talking about the, the, the lady coming in and um, tucking them in at night. Mm -mm. <laughs> no, you, you got send me to another prison. Uh -uh. Nope. Not right. Happening. Send me somewhere else. Right. And, and the, and the fact that this, this, this prison was so vehemently just like, horrible to the inmates. The fact that the whole was you know filled with cockroaches and rat infestations and so many different things you know you you would think i mean you honestly would think that as someone who is supposed to take care of people you know yes i mean you're dealing with heart i mean you're dealing with originally you were you were dealing with people who were just to be reformed, like their first fence, you know, things of that nature. And then you start bringing in the more of the hardened criminals because, you know, you have the space and other prisons don't, um, you know, which why not house the, 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 the hardened criminals away from the first time offenders, you know, and how long are these first time offenders are going to be in there, right? you know, before it's like, oh, well, you know, they need to be reformed. How often or, or how long does it take them to, to be reformed, you know, um, I, for the you know and because it talks about the barbaric treatment that they went through with water hoses and this one i found partic particularly particularly uh disheartening this a sweat box reserved for non-white inmates like bam right there that's racist bullshit right there so automatically fuck these people um electro torture known as the butterfly 
never I don't I don't know exactly what I don't know if maybe it's like they stretched their arms out like like on the table that you see in like Metal Gear Solid. You remember that remember that part in the game? Yeah, like that's what I'm thinking, you know, when it says that, you yes. know. Um and then the fact that, you know, in 1978 the 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 Council for Human Dignity filed a federal lawsuit claiming that the conditions of the prison were both brutal and inhumane, which caused the decision to have the prison closed in 1986, but then they extended it to 1990. Like, you know, and then the fact that, you know, you can still go on ghost tours and stuff and still check out the prison and, you know, things of that nature, which again, but and it also, you know, goes back to the fact that, you know, this was the place where they shot the Shawshank Redemption. So maybe that's okay. Okay, so that's like, oh, I want to see where, you know, it was filmed or you know something along those lines. Like I, I could deal, I could, you know, I don't, I don't want to deal with the ghost. I just want to see where the Shawshank Redemption was filmed. You know, so if you're a movie buff going, you're thinking, hell yeah. If you're paranormal, right. if you're if you're a fan of the paranormal and you want to investigate, hell yeah. You know, so there's there's it brings a whole lot more people to it than just your every common everyday fan who wants to go on ghost tours and stuff like that. So, so yeah. All right. So out of all the ones that we've discussed tonight, which one did you find, which, which few did you find the most interesting? Uh, so for me, it was the Ohio state reformatory. Um, there's the, um, which one was it? The yes. uh, Bisman building. Uh, both of those uh, had the connection to the Shawshank Redemption. Uh, and then the other one was the very first one that we talked about, which would have been the um, yes. the old yeah, Lincoln that one County was, Jail. Yeah, for me, I would say those, but so, I'm going to throw another the, one out there. I'm going to say, I'm going to say the... Uh, Okay. Uh, let me find that the mud the mud house mansion, um, because it was the um, the origination of the uh, Bloody Mary uh, theme or the Bloody Mary story. You know, so that's and there's another one. Um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, so I'll yeah, so these were all very well. very interesting ones. Uh, um, definitely want to look into the Bisman building because it's so different from all the other ones simply because I mean you can still they they have the documented audio evidence of the investigator asking if they can speak to Ruth and the voice is like is Ruth here like you know uh you know almost like they're almost like it's like are you right. asking me or are you you or, or, or you know I don't I don't know anything you know so right almost like or, or it might be one of the ghosts like I don't I don't right. I don't fucking know I don't want to have nothing to do with her you know who knows you know but anyway do yeah. we? I don't know. <laughs> we have a beef right Yes. Now. But, ladies and gentlemen, that is it for this particular episode of A Hauntings of uh, the State of Ohio. On our next episode, we're going to be going over the hauntings of the state of Oklahoma. So that's going to be a pretty interesting one. Um, anything you want to say before we get out of here today, Chip? Yes. Uh, I'm going to say, uh, as I'm going to say on every episode... Check out movementradio.us. That is your one-stop shop for everything Movement Radio. And if you happen to be listening to us on Apple Podcasts, please leave us a five-star review. It really helps the algorithm get our podcast out to a broader audience. 
Um, so please, if you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts, just leave us a absolutely. Five star review. That um, also, really shout out to our, our buddy Roger who couldn't be here with us on the on Hauntings Up, but he will be with us on our next series because as of right now, as of this recording, we have 15 states left before we are done with the Hauntings of episodes and uh it's gonna be bittersweet like i'm gonna be sad like oh we're not gonna be talking about any more hauntings in the states but we are gonna be talking about hauntings abroad um it, it, it won't be as frequently as the hauntings of episodes but it will be we are going to have another series that's going to be taken over and we promise you guys are going to enjoy that check out the patreon page also uh, we're dropping a new episode of battle topics uh every week um, we also want to give a couple of quick shout outs, shout out to Sean Thompson and Thompson personal training. Um, he's get, he's got, he's still got the deal going on guys. If you guys sign up for three months, you get the fourth month absolutely free. So go check them out. Shout out to our, our good buddies, Jennifer and Jason over at the, uh, Jennifer, yeah, Jennifer and Jerry, I'm sorry, over at the, um, uh, chronic conversation podcast. They're doing a great job over there. Shout out to my homeboy, Ivan, uh, unleashed demon, uh, his, his Twitch channel, go check him out. And uh, thank you guys so much for tuning in to this episode of The Hauntings Of. We love you guys. We thank you. We appreciate the support. And we'll see you guys next time on another episode. Chip, let's hit him with the outro. Please do not leave without leaving a like, comment, share, and Follow us on all of our social media, Facebook, Twitter, platform. Instagram, and TikTok. Go check out the YouTube channel. Subscribe. Click that bell to get notified of our latest videos. Patreon.com, movementradio.us. And I am Talon Williams. I am Chip Hazard. God's plan. And this is Movement Radio.